Hello, and welcome to the Goldsmiths BA Design Podcast. You are listening to our group series, in which students from the third year collaborate to tackle a short brief each week, demonstrating the breadth of their making processes and critical thinking. If you like the sound of this, follow the channel and stay tuned for our upcoming group and individual episodes. But for now, here's the recording. Okay, um, hello and welcome to our podcast recording. There are six of us here today and we are responding to the brief about um, objects that we need in isolation. So I think to kick us off, should we all introduce ourselves? So I'm Rachel. Hi, I'm Hannah. Hi, I'm Meg. Hi, I'm Yenna. Hi, I'm Emma. Hi, I'm Daphne. Lovely. Um, does anyone, would anyone like to volunteer their first object or shall we just start with Emma as she's in the top Zoom corner? Well, I haven't prepared anything. Um, I was going to go completely spontaneous. So the first thing that I use on the daily is a good post-it note. I've constantly got ideas that are scribbled down on post-it notes and they're stuck to kind of every surface available on my desk or like in my notebook or on anything I'm working on. Um, And then they kind of get stacked up into like this pile in the corner of the desk uh, when they're no longer useful and then eventually they end up in the bin. But post-it notes for sure. Oh, and everyone's waving post-it notes at me on the Zoom chat now. Okay, who's next? Okay, so moisturiser is an essential for me in quarantine, isolation, whatever you want to call it. Um, I just can't have dry skin. Like, if your skin is of a darker hue, you will often get, like, dry patches on your skin, and it's known as being ashy. And, like, in the black community, you just can't be ashy. You're just not allowed. So, like even if I'm in the house all day, every day, it's just not okay to be ashy. So like, I just use like any type of moisturizing lotion. Shea butter is a good one because you can put it in your hair, but then you can also put it in your skin and it's really good. And I've got my boyfriend to start using it because he's got dry elbows. So yeah, moisturizer, I just have to be moisturized. (laughs) Cool. Um, So I think for me, I might bring my selfie stick to this island because um, everyone in our course knows that I'm a selfie queen and um, I guess in the situation where we are all isolated maybe I could take videos of myself every day trying to make YouTube videos to um, put on YouTube so that maybe I can make a lot of money um, having loads of different challenges every day and just sharing what my life is like in the deserted island so um, in order to have like make loads of money for my future or maybe escape this kind of island situation then I would definitely need to bring my selfie stick to this island. Yeah and it's going to take over the world with that selfie stick guys watch out. So I think my first one is cake or baking. So I've written a quick list of all the many things that I have baked in isolation. I think we've been in isolation about a month and this is quite an extensive list. So I have made hot cross buns, uh, pizza twice, pancakes, two birthday cakes, scones, lemon curd, two lots of pretzels. And yeah, that's everything so far, but it is my birthday at the weekend. So there'll probably be more baking too. What's your favourite thing to bake, Rachel? Um, cake, I think. I make a lot of brownies, usually. I'm surprised I haven't made any brownies yet, but they're always good. 
Um, but yeah, I just find it very calming and I think it's nice to sort of create something and you can like follow a recipe and then you get to eat it. So yeah. Why baking over cooking? Because you still get to make something cool both ways. Uh, I just, I think I have more of a sweet tooth, so I find baking more interesting and exciting. I see eating savoury food as kind of like more of a survival, like necessary <laughs> thing. Like my favourite <laughs> meal is definitely like breakfast slash brunch, and then my least favourite meal is dinner. That's just like, you have to eat dinner and you can't have pancakes every evening, so yeah. I'm, I'm the opposite. Dinner over breakfast every day. Oh, uh, I think I yeah. sit quite nicely in the middle. No, I agree with Emma. Like, I like sweet things, but I have them for snacks. But it's just like a good hearty meal, like lasagna. That's that's just the best meal ever. Dinner. <laughs> there are some interesting um, facts online about um, the amount of people going on Good Food and the different recipes have had like had like twice the amount of internet traffic running through them. So I think banana bread is one of them. I think as a, as a nation, maybe baking is what we've turned to. I think globally it's quite a thing as well, isn't it? We've Definitely. Um, Everybody's making sourdough. Have you seen how many people are making sourdough? There's like no flour left in any of the shops around here at the moment because everyone's making their own bread. Yeah, there's a problem in, in France as well. Um, everywhere has run out of flour and they're talking about mills that used to run like once or twice a day and now run constantly because of the demand uh who who's next megan or daphne what's your first object um my first object would be tea i mean because since we're on the or everything to make tea so i was thinking of a kettle and like uh, a cup and that sort of thing um because it's really is a must have for my for my daily routine um i don't think i don't know whether I could survive without tea now. Um, I drink about a litre and a half every day <laughs> working on my projects. What's the most What's common your... thing that happens to you that makes you reach for tea, Daphne, when you're working on your project? I, I, just, I, don't know, I just drink some all the time. Um, the the worst thing that's happened was um, spitting tea on my laptop, obviously, because that's a pretty traditional thing. But no, I do. I, I drink some all the time. Um, I'm like, I I just I reach from my keyboard to my to my cup on a constant basis. Here it is. What flavor? Oh, this one is caramel. It's kind of horrible. I I Ooh. found it in our kitchen, and we were like. Uh, but my favorite is Russian Earl Grey, definitely. Oh wow, um, I have to recommend that. My boyfriend drinks Earl Grey in the afternoons and a litre of coffee in the mornings at the moment. And my sister's <laughs> drinking lattes that she calls lattes. So <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of caffeine. I think it's what's getting people through. But yeah, desperate times if you've reached for the caramel. Yes, definitely. I do think as well, tea is, if you're cold, you have a cup of tea. If you're hot, you have a cup of tea and then you cool down afterwards because you're less hot than you were when you were drinking a cup of tea. You're sad, have, have a cup of tea. You're happy, chill out, have a cup of tea. Like, it's, a, it's also a conversational thing. I think, uh, I think in my project at the moment, like tea is an interesting thing. And um, I was going to use it 
if we weren't in lockdown as a, a way of like discussing a discussion point which I think I'm missing at the moment but this sort of chat where we're all sat here with a with a cup of tea as we've all just shown the camera is quite a nice thing um I think but I I think I yeah we've we've talked about the subject of tea quite a lot now um okay it, it your turn Meg yeah so my object because of my first one I would choose door handles I think this is a really odd choice but um I was listening to a podcast online and um they were talking about how in Vancouver in 2014 it became part of their building regulations that all new doors built in Vancouver had to have handles rather than knobs so this is all over the internet as well so you have a look and it's so that disabled people can open the door properly when you think about it it's easier and I think in coronavirus times I don't know about you but when I've come back in from going out to the shops or something the first thing you want to do is is wash your hands and I don't want to walk through my house and hot, hot, like touch every doorknob and have to open it so I use my elbows so um I'm just thinking like that as a as an object I think door handles are really helpful but that's another thing that I think is interesting now is like how things are going to change because of the virus for me door handles and I think workspace as well which is what they're talking about online and on the news. There is a bit in my dissertation where I wrote about um, swinging keyhole covers on doors because it was like the privileged people had them on their doors to stop people like looking in and like listening into their rooms they had those like keyhole covers but I don't you get those so much anymore you just have like I can't see, but you just have like a door handle, but no keyholes. Um, in my room, um, there's this like a big keyhole because my key is quite big. Um, and because you can kind of sneak peek and see what's going on outside or from outside to inside, I always have to use like a towel to block it just in case someone looks into my room. I don't know, but yeah. I've never blocked a keyhole. I've never thought about that as a viewing point. Into an, that might be my point of view. I don't look through people's keyholes, but I'm sure that that's the thing. <laughs> I think it's it says a lot about how nosy you are as a person. And like in my old flat, we all had locks on our doors. But I would often leave my key in the lock to block it because like I'm a nosy person. Like I look through people's keyholes. <laughs> But anyway, maybe we should talk about the next object. <laughs> Is it back to me again? Oh, goodness. Um, okay. I, again, don't have anything prepared. So probably some form of notebook or like a reading book. So any form of book I would be very, very grateful for. Um quite a lot of my design practice, I guess, is around like concept stuff and I very like I'm very reliant on reading things in order to kind of make steps forward um just because like if it's on paper and if it's written down then I'm like yes this is something that I understand and I can go with um so without books I'd probably go a bit mad what's everyone reading at the minute Hannah what are you reading anything nothing the newspapers <laughs> no um I've got things that I should read the problem is I'm 
often never reading one thing at the moment. I'm reading like three lines from one book, a chapter from another book. So like I would show them to the camera, but I've just got a lot of like therapy books that I'm getting bits from. So like one's called Homecoming, Reclaiming and Championing. And let me say that word again. Reclaiming and Championing Your Inner Child. Um, yeah, like relational psychotherapy books, but not, yeah. <laughs> I'm the same I guess I like to sort of hop around between different sources of reading has anyone got anything else that they're interested that they're reading at the minute it's not necessarily reading but I was wondering what you're thinking about having something like physical to read because I know that I do a lot of my research and stuff on online but having a book is is very tangible and is is a really different way of absorbing information so books and printers I suppose as well having the ability to print out your own work and read it in a kind of different way without a screen is really nice yeah because you've had that problem since isolation in that you haven't had a printer haven't you I think it's definitely changed the way that I've like absorbed information but and I really miss having paper <laughs> Yeah, I'm not very good at reading PDFs. Like, I don't tend to print stuff out because I feel like it's really wasteful. Let's say I print like 12 pages out and then only like a tiny bit's useful, so I don't print stuff out. But I'm really lucky at the moment to be like living in a house with lots and lots of books. And a lot of the books that are useful for my project, my boyfriend's mum has, or they're just on a bookshelf. So I'm quite grateful for that. But I actually downloaded an ebook the other day um, about the music business. Like, I just thought it was interesting. And it's on like Kindle online, but because it's an online book, I've not had the motivation to read it as much as a physical book that you can pick up. So yeah, there's something about words on screens that don't seem to resonate with me as much as words on paper do. I, I use books as a way to get away from screens. Like I'm reading this very big book and I haven't, oh, wait. Um, and I haven't really managed to go through it. It's a it's a classic French book called the The Journey to the End of the Night. And every time I'm like, okay, I've been spending too long um, watching stuff or like spending time working on my projects on my laptop, I pick up the book. I've only read like a hundred pages since we I got here in lockdown, which is really sad. I think. Sometimes it's just a couple of pages that makes the difference though, like a couple of pages before you sleep or something, and that really helps you like relax. Yeah, and I think reading's not the easiest thing for everyone. Like if a book's not really, really gripping, whether that's fiction or non-fiction, I struggle to read it. Um, so a few weeks ago, I had to force myself to read this book called Focusing by Eugene Gendlin. And I was reading like maybe two chapters a day or something but I had to really force myself to do it to get through it otherwise this is why I have like loads and loads of books that I've started but not finished because if something's not super gripping it's kind of interesting enough to like you're like okay yeah that's interesting but it's not interesting enough to keep me reading it every single day and that's what I find about a lot of books. My foundation tutor always used to say, if you read the beginning and you didn't like it, there was really no point in forcing yourself to read more of it because you weren't going to get anything out of it. So I've kind of stuck to that. It's like, even if it's something that I think is going to work for my project or I feel like I should read, if I'm not interested in it by like the end of the first page, then I'm like, 
what's the point? Because you're not going to be able to get through, what's the point in reading bad books or books you don't like? We don't have enough time in this life to read all of the books that we are going to enjoy. So don't waste, exactly. waste time on boring ones. Yeah. And it's almost like reading just to say you've read it. It's like, maybe I won't do that. <laughs> um, I'm going to say my next object, which is squashies. So I love sweets, as you guys obviously know. Um, but yeah, recently in lockdown, I've just started to really, really enjoy squashies and not like the apple and raspberry ones or whatever, the fancy ones, just the plain old milk and I think it's milk and strawberry flavour. Like they're just so chewy, but they're not too hard. They're just the perfect texture. And I actually watched a documentary on BBC Two, I think, called Inside the Factory. And it was, I always forget his name, but it was the guy from MasterChef and I think Cherry Healy. And they went into the factory where they make squashies and it's in Derbyshire. And yeah, you see them like stretching the sugar and just doing all the stuff that it takes to make sweets. And I just thought, I could never work in a sweet factory, but it might be a good thing for me to work in a sweet factory. So then I stop eating sweets by the end of it. But yeah. Has anybody else had any isolation food cravings or particular things that they've been eating? just went to tell my sister that you love squashies because my sister eats so many of them and she always asks people if they prefer the pink end or the white end and she thinks that best friends prefer the different ends and then you can share them <laughs> that's really you know what i can't decide if i like the pink end or the white end better because i feel like they're both really nice um but no create my cravings are always sweets i think i've been craving chinese food but i don't know i feel like I'm not sure at this um, point in time, you know, you shouldn't really go in a taxi and I don't really think it's a good idea to like get takeaway. So I'm a bit like wary about getting food that other people have made, but I just want really good takeaways like pizzas and like Chinese food. I think I have gone really hard for the, the staple that is the jacket potato over isolation just because it's so convenient. Um, I've just moved, which means I don't have like all of my cooking utensils disappeared into boxes and things but you know the microwave's always there stick in a potato bit of cheese and then you can like mix it with salad get your beans on there five a day jack potato is my key food for isolation I think for me um it's apple crumble nowadays because um ever since I came back to Korea um I made apple crumbles for my family and my sister especially loved them so much that I had to make her like one in every week. So I think for so far, I made like three apple crumbles and it's still great with like one scoop of vanilla ice cream. We've been really lucky that like my whole family has been trying out different things. I've been doing a lot of desserts for my family and I, I've made um, eggs benedict yesterday and my dad did. And then I managed and he was like, damn, I've never managed that. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, <laughs> it's kind of fun because we get to, we do get to eat really well at my family. Sorry guys, in the brief interlude of the drilling, I'm going to say bye because I know it's going to start again and completely interrupt the podcast and I can't escape because we're on lockdown. Haha. <laughs> so um, I'll, I'll speak to you later and enjoy the rest of your podcast. Bye Emma. See you. Okay, Rachel, do you want to tell us about some of your lockdown cravings? My lockdown cravings? Ooh, um, 
I'm back home and my parents shop well. We shop once a week at Lidl so I can order what I want to. Um, I'm eating a lot of toast. I love a snacky lunch. So like lots of nibbles for lunch rather than like a hot meal. I like snacks for lunch. Jaffa cakes, obviously, if you know me well, I'm still eating loads of Jaffa cakes. Um, what else have I been craving? I'm not sure. Like pasta, I love pasta and like Italian food, like pizza. We have been getting takeaways here just because the um, the virus isn't too bad here and the, we're trying to like support the local restaurants. We know they're being very careful. So we've had a few Indian curries, which has been really nice. Might have another one for my birthday or maybe fish and chips because I also really like fish and chips. Okay, so what have we got? Object number two. Should I do my second object? Is that everyone all right with that? Yeah, okay. Um, I think my second object I'm gonna go for is stamps because I have been writing a lot of letters. I write a lot of letters anyway, but um, in isolation, it's been really nice to send letters across the world to all my friends. Now we're all separated and also to check in with everyone, see how their projects are going and friends at other universities and things. So that's been really fun. And I think it's also gonna become part of my project as well because I've been thinking about like semi-technology and like networks and things like that so thinking about intercepting that as quite a, like a nostalgic network um, and as a kind of like bonus extra uh, thing I'd like in isolation that is a good podcast and um, one of the ones I have been enjoying is uh, Meet Me at the Museum which is like comedians going to different museums and like exploring them and they I listened to the Phil Wang at the Postal Museum one the other day, and that was very interesting. So that's helped me write a list of nice museums to visit after isolation. And I learned more about stamps and letter sorting and all those sorts of things, which is useful for my project too. So yeah. Who's next with their second object or thing or ideology? Is it me or is it Daphne or does it matter? Yeah, no, have you done your second one? No, not yet. Is okay, if you, yeah, if you next, Jenna. Sure. Um, my second object would be um, something called Duolingo. Um, so recently I have been learning Spanish on this app because um, like years ago, people used to learn other languages through um, books or like online tutorials or whatever, but um, these days, um, someone recommended me this app, and it has been very great because um, it like one, one, not episode, but one kind of like each different um, steps that you can take. It takes like less than ten minutes, and um, I have been just enjoying learning new languages during this lockdown. So um, I will just read you some of the Spanish that I have been learning. Um, Hola, mucho gusto, me llamo Yena. Um, Miguel es americano, soy de Mexico, um, something like that. Yeah, I love Spanish. Oh. I think you're fluent. Wow, Muy bien, gracias. I've been using Duolingo since last summer and I haven't not done my Duolingo sessions for one day. I've literally been doing like 280 days or something and learning German and Italian. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm doing right now. I think the rest of us might have to go on that. 
It does yeah. sound like we're doing a little advert for Duolingo right now. Yeah, for Duolingo. <laughs> My sister's <laughs> learned about go again. Do you reckon yeah. they would um, sponsor the show? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. What languages should we choose, Hannah and Meg? My sister's doing Welsh to take us back to our roots, so maybe I'll have to join her in that. I, I like mean, the idea I of doing really... Greek. Greek. Because I feel like it's one of those languages that comes, like it's a lot of word basis, maybe? Like scientific, yeah. there's root words based in Greek. So it'd be, I feel like I'd just, you know, be really cultured, everything. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Yana, for, just for the audio, Yana's now showing us a list of hundreds. It looks, or a really long list of um, languages you can learn on Duolingo. Sponsor us, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please sponsor us, Julie. Um, I think I'd like to learn Mandarin. So there's actually a similar app, but it's about like language conversations. It's called Tandem. And I've been talking to people in Spanish because I did Spanish for A-level. So I can speak a bit of it and like a lot of things came back to my memory and it was really good to talk to them. But the thing is, people are really enthusiastic. So the idea is that someone wants to learn your language or wants to improve your language and you want you get paired up with someone whose language you want to improve so I was speaking Spanish to Spanish people and they were speaking English back to me but then you can choose two different languages that you want to learn or improve on and I chose Mandarin but then I was just like I don't know a word of it and then I downloaded a Chinese keyboard and then it was it just didn't make any sense because it's like I don't know what these characters mean so I think Duolingo is really good if you're starting out with a language you know the basics and then use tandem when you're a bit better you can speak the language you actually know what the characters or the words mean um so yeah like my dreams of learning Chinese are put on hold at the moment <laughs> I think it's different with um Mandarin because there's not um like the language is structured so differently to our own so with like kind of french italian and maybe like portuguese and spanish they're all kind of similar in the way that things are arranged and kind of the way that people speak and like how sentences are formed whereas i think with mandarin it's completely different to how our structure of sentences works in in the uk and in, in english yeah it's, it makes and it's pictorial so you have to know what the pictures yeah. mean like you know if you're learning a latin based language you can guess a few things because they share lots of commonalities but there's nothing shared and yeah so i thought let me just finish this degree first and then um then i will learn chinese <laughs> uh who wants to do their next object shall i go so i was kind of like thinking objects what would really melt my world if I didn't have it and then I was kind of thinking very literally and quite uh materially and I was like the thing I couldn't live without is screws so if everything kind of like fell off my walls now I wouldn't have any light switches I wouldn't have any plug sockets the doors the door handles which obviously we've discussed is so important to the world would wouldn't work um I started looking at like history of screws and stuff and what other things they're used for. So obviously you have like, I think it's the Archimedes screw, which is the one that brings water up and obviously essential as Daphne will know, 
the corkscrew to open a wine bottle. So um, I think that would be my my second object, the humble screw. All right. So um, my third object would be the camera. Um, despite I uh, I think you did raise a point with the corkscrew there, but <laughs> um, the camera is something I I couldn't. I mean I. It's kind of one of the things I I had to think about before moving back to France and leaving the UK. And I was like, what are the things that I have to take back? And my camera's pretty big, but I'm so happy I took it with me because um, I've been using it so much. And I really like the fact that I can document so much of my life in such high quality. And I feel like it's, it's kind of that vessel to the future um, about quarantine and about my third year project. And there's all of these past things that I've captured with my camera as well. And it's like, I don't know what I'd do if I didn't have one. I think really as well, when you think about it, all the things that we're now relying on, um, like archives and museums for research and things like that, like digitalized stuff have relied on people documenting their kind of lives and existence using cameras. And I think maybe that's really changed the way we consume information as well. But we're so lucky that it's been invented prior to lockdown so that we can have that. Yeah, I always feel a certain way about cameras and video cameras and stuff like that. So when I was a child, um, it wasn't really the time when smartphones were around. So my little sister who was born five years after me has like, videos of her as a child, pictures of her as a child, and like all of the videos of me as a child were like video videotapes somewhere in like an attic or in a box that I'm not going to then convert to DVD or make into an MP4 format. So yeah, I, I don't think I've ever seen a video of me as a baby, but that's just something that's amazing about the age that we live in. Like kids can see what they were like as babies, kids can see their personalities, and like that's always something that I've always wanted to know, like, what was I like as a kid? Um, Rachel, have you done your second? Yeah, I've done my second. Okay, cool. I'll do my third one then. Uh, it's a blanket. Like, I always have a blanket with me. It's just nice and soft and warm. And it just makes you feel like I'm in bed, but I'm not in bed. And I think there's some, like deep psychological reason as to why I like blankets and wanting to be warm and cuddly and soft and baby and pampered. Blanket was also on my long list of objects so I agree 100% on the same page with the blanket. Yeah also like very useful on a desert island for like heat and warmth and shelter and stuff you're thinking very yeah. practically. Yeah no blanket has to be one of my favorite things ever like when I narrowed my list down it was just definitely on there. Like, even though I said squashies, I was thinking to put my high fluoride toothpaste that I have because, because I eat so many sweets. My teeth are quite, oh, I don't know if it's because I eat lots of sweets, but anyway, my teeth are quite weak, so I need lots of fluoride. So I thought those two go together, but I just thought, no, like, if it's a desert island, I might not survive very long. So I'm going to eat sweets, have my blanket, have my moisturizer, and I'll be fine. <laughs> Should I do my third one? So my third one is similar to Emma's. I've gone for newspapers. 
because they are providing a lot of material for me to use in my projects at the moment. So I'm reading them to stay up to date with what's going on in the world. I'm doing all the puzzles to stay entertained. And then I'm like chopping them up and collaging them to make ransom notes and to make posters. And I'm also taking the headlines and like reshuffling them and reimagining them as like strange sort of otherworldly headlines. And so they have been very useful to me at the moment. And I'm thankful that I have such a large quantity of them around me at the moment, thanks to my mum's prolific reading of newspapers. What's been the most interesting newspaper to um, reshuffle with? Oh, I'm not sure. I, I think probably I'd have to choose like one of the headlines. Um, we mostly get the Telegraph and the Times, so there hasn't been too much variety in terms of headlines or the style of headline but there was one that was something to do with Beethoven and like what because I managed to pick his name out of my little like bag of headline words and I can't remember what he I will check on my blog now and we can edit it in what the best uh, fake headline we've had is okay so one of the ones we've had recently is a happy husband secret hairdresser that one's quite good uh, beethoven working from home wearing granny luxury my favorite is the iphone one that you made for me oh yeah it's my ransom note for you i've made i think i'm up to like over 50 now we have a lot of ransom notes i need to do something with them i might make them into a book after all this is over or something that would be a really cool book just like as you know aesthetic kind of designed books go I really enjoy kind of the way that you collage them and it's really nice thank you should I do my final one okay as I've mentioned and it's been mentioned mostly I've just moved <laughs> in this um pandemic it was a little bit harder than I thought it was going to be so um we've been without a sofa for a few days but it arrived yesterday and it's transformed my world. I know that sounds like a, a really mundane thing, but having somewhere to like relax and sit as opposed to sitting on a chair that's like designed for working and eating like at the table is a really nice separation, particularly while we're kind of in a work home space, like having those two different degrees is really nice. So I'm really enjoying having a sofa. You can nap on it. You can sit on it, you can, I don't know, jump over it. There's there's multiple different ways you could do it. I'm sure if we were going to do Sean Hall's essay from first year again, as opposed to a mug, I would choose a sofa as my object to find a million uses for. Talking of languages as well, actually, I found out the word sofa may have come from, I think it's Arabic. Yeah, so the word sofa dates back to 2000 BC in Egypt and is derived from the Arabic word sofa. So S-U-F-F-A-H, sofa. Yeah, maybe. So, and that roughly translates to bench. So there we go. Egyptians were sitting on sofas too, but maybe in a kind of reimagined way. You know what I always find interesting? how people, my mum would always call a sofa a settee and just that choice of wording, like it's the same thing, but she would never call it a sofa, it's always a settee. I knew a very stylish lady who took a chaise long to university with her and I think I aspire to be that sort of fashionable 
that you need to have that sort of ability to recline even in your university <laughs> room. <laughs> that is quite a commitment. I mean, what kind of uni halls are you staying in that you have room for <laughs> the chaise long? As well, I think on the V&A archive, they have what is thought of as like kind of the, the oldest sofa for like the modern kind of interpretation of that, which is I think 1690. And it's, um, it's still not called a sofa at that point. It's, um, although it was in Egyptian times, it's, um, it's just known as a double kind of bench without separation, so like a double chair, which is quite nice. That's true. They're very like close, aren't they? You have to sort of sit close to people when you sit on a sofa. It's not like sitting in an armchair. That's quite nice. They probably called it like the formal resting bench or something. But as you say, like your stylish friend, they always used to be like really expensive. Well, they still still are, but they're kind of something as a staple that's now more affordable, whereas only like the rich and kind of aristocracy would happen before. But I think now it's almost flipped potentially because you have things like uh, you see like sofas and things on television for like the advertisements. And, but I think maybe, maybe like really posh chairs and that sort of kind of resonates with me for like aristocracy rather than a really comfy sofa. I imagine all rich people are really uncomfortable. Like the big castles and things you see on TV never look cozy, do they? They always look really cold. They've got like stone floor and they're all sitting in like wooden chairs and you're like, nah. Give me a you know what? I, I think I disagree. Like when I think of castles and stately homes, I think of like big tapestries on the wall, really heavy curtains which look like they weigh a ton, and they're like brocaded and they're so thick, and they've got tassels and they've got like they're woven with really rich fabrics, and then the sofa's like a foot thick, and then there's like stuff everywhere. I don't know. I, I see them as not warm in themselves, like not warm buildings, but the furnishings, like the big fat cushions with the tassels, make it warm and cosy and comfortable. That's how I see stately homes. I don't know if it's that warm. I imagine they will have a huge meal. <laughs> yeah. But I know what you mean though. Do we, on that note, we shall sofa on. So I was going to try to use another fun sofa word to say, let's move on, but it's not really worked. Um, Daphne, up to you. Um, it, it could be boxing gear. I I got to the beginning of confinement, and I and I was like, I've forgotten. Oh, I've forgotten. I hadn't thought of bringing my boxing gear back. And all of a sudden, I realised that I've actually started to really enjoy um, training at boxing, which I did at at uni. Um, so that became a really big thing. And I don't. I mean. I think isolation would be very different without it. Of course, you, you need to have like a partner and someone to train with, but doing um, exercise alone is very different and not really as enjoyable, especially with these kind of sports, um, pushing yourself to your limits and that sort of thing. I've been using my, my brother and sisters <laughs> as boxing partners. As boxing targets. <laughs> Yeah, just to check how old are your siblings? You're not just, you know, taking advantage. <laughs> yeah. My my brother's nineteen and my sister's um twenty-three. So I think we're fine. Has anyone taken up any uh, new forms of exercise or any 
different ways of staying fit. I've been forced to go on runs, which has never been something I've done before, but my dad and my sister persuaded me to do that. And also we tried some like online sessions. My dad's working out in the garage, which is, he was um, lifting weights while lying on a coffee table, which wasn't going so well. We were a bit worried that was going to collapse, but I think he has now come up with another solution. We yeah, have, have been... oh, sorry, I'll shut up. Yeah, sorry. No, no, no. It's um, well, I have been also watching some like um, videos for home training and um, there's this like dance cardio workout sessions where you can really boost yourself and like I'm um, sweat out and it has been really fun because it's not just like doing some hard pushes, but like you're just listening to like very fun, high tempo music and you can also like enjoy yourself dancing. And it is, I think it's a great workout, just dancing. What were you going to say, Meg? Uh, we've gone old school and we have got out the Wii. So we've been redoing all of that kind of Wii sport and that sort of thing, which is fun. And obviously it gets a little bit competitive. See, I, I hate the cold. So that's my one reason I don't think running is my thing. I really enjoy cycling because, I don't know, I feel like it's more efficient. I get further, faster, and it's over quicker if I wanted to be. <laughs> running just feels like torture. So I, I'm on your level there, Rachel. I absolutely hate it. But the week, it's inside, it's warm. You, it sounds weird you don't have to move much but you're still exercising and it feels like you're achieving it there's a small non-real person giving me feedback and telling me I'm amazing at everything it's like a little bit of an award sticker so yeah I would totally recommend getting a Wii if you don't have one I'm sure they're like 20 quid online now because they're so old and it means that I've not got Animal Crossing on the Switch because that's not something I've invested in but I feel like I'm up and about rather than sat down with my little raccoons. Yeah, I started running like at the start of quarantine and I don't know, I read somewhere that to form a habit, you have to do it for 21 days. So my boyfriend and I, we started running like every morning and like the time was going quite quickly. So what we were doing, his garden's quite big and we were running 25 laps of the garden. And at first he was like, oh, um, how many laps do you think would be a good idea? And I was going to say 10. And then he was like, no, I was thinking more like 20. And for some reason, we started at 25. And I'm the type of person that I like to gradually get, um, if I'm doing something, I want it to gradually get more difficult. I don't want to like start a really high target because it's like, you need to give yourself a bit of a reward. You need to feel like, oh, I've achieved something. On the first day, I was doing 10 laps and now I'm doing 25. It's like, I didn't want to start at 25. So we calculated that it was about 1,300 metres, those 25 laps. Um, but yeah, we stopped doing it. Like I didn't enjoy it that much. It almost felt a bit like a punishment, you know, getting up, not, not really early, but getting out of bed and like going for a run around the garden. And then like when it was wet in the garden, we'd go like outside, right out of the house. But where he lives, it's like on a, it's like a hilly area. So just like five steps would just take it out of you. So the garden was like the best place to run. But yeah, now we're doing badminton and I really enjoy it because it's competitive. It's like, it's actually a sport. The thing is, I don't really like exercising, but I like sport. So we've actually improved a lot since when we started. So, you know, when we started, like we were missing a lot of shots. Like, you know, we weren't really putting a lot of effort in, but now we've got quite competitive. Like the only downside is when it's windy, it's not that, 
fun to play but yeah I think badminton is like my new thing I think it's like what you were saying Daphne and like the social side of it as well yeah like I really respect people that commit to doing weights and proper workouts and really intense training but I don't know I like doing stuff with other people and I like doing sport so I respect anyone that does like exercise on their own me and my sister have been looking into getting a trampoline because we never had one as a child because we lived our garden was too small and now where my parents have recently moved there is actually space for a trampoline but we can't find one that's actually like our combined weights is like the max on a child's trampoline and we need to both be able to bounce on it at the same time so that's what makes it really fun so if anyone can recommend a good trampoline also they're all sold out at the moment because everyone's trying to like make their children let off all the steam that they've been building up while being cooped up inside so I'll let you know how far we get with our trampoline journey. You could both get like tiny trumpets and bounce next to each other. Oh, that'd be very cute. <laughs> Not quite as fun though. I don't think it's a big one. Have we got anybody else? Yeah, um, I think for my third object, um, I might bring slime um, because I think I need something to entertain myself with. And I have been into slime since last year when I went to like a children's camp to help out and we had this slime session where um, the children can make loads of different slime using glitter or different food gels and um, and since like helping them make some I have been also like enjoying myself doing that as well so um, because like um, I think slime people say it you can relieve stress and it boosts your creativity as well so um, even right now, I have been like playing with slime on my desk. Um, and actually, I have been taking some like footages of playing with slime. Oh, Hannah's got a slime as well. Um, because um, my project is on like personal data, and I'm kind of describing data as something very sticky and slimy and something complicated because you know, like how people leave these digital trails. Um, that won't be really perished. So um, I just have been like enjoying myself playing with this and let me see if I can like get the sound closer. Let me see if it works. Yeah, so um, I would like to bring this to the island. That's it. You've inspired me. I might try and make some slime now. It looks really fun to play with. Oh, actually, you can make it with like the ingredients at home as well. So it'll be very fun to play around with. Like I think flour, was it flour or some kind of PBA glue? Or some kind of cornstarch corn might do. So yeah. Yeah, I'll have to look that up. That sounds fun. Enjoy. <laughs> okay, thank you everybody for listening to our podcast today. Uh, you can see more of our work on uh, the Bad Isolation YouTube channel and on Instagram and lots of other places. So we hope that you are all staying safe and well and we hope we've inspired you to make slime or take up boxing or to bake more. And thank you from all of us and see you soon. Bye. Bye. Have Bye. a happy day. Thanks for listening.
If you have any questions about this week's podcast, please feel free to send them to badshowpodcast20 at gmail.com. Tune in next week, but if you can't wait, head over to our group series or step into our YouTube studios at Bad Isolation to get more insight into the lives of the third year Goldsmiths designers. For now, stay safe and goodbye.